It's not the same, won't be the same again It's not the same, won't be the same again everybody welcome to sibling grievery i'm aziza i'm tasha and i'm john welcome to our podcast this is our podcast on grief we're here on a monday and it feels like such a monday doesn't it such a monday there. wait Tasha's wait to, way to come in with a morning show quote <laughs> okay so tasha was making fun of me like because such a monday. <laughs> no what i was doing in my head before this is i was going it's me hi i'm the problem I'm it's the problem grief. it's me Oh, 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 wow. Sorry. That's I'm such sorry. a cute little play. Mm. For the rest of the podcast, I will remain silent. Um, no, you won't. Oh, he has his little coffee. It's such a morning show. By the way, I just want to put this out there. John has his cute little coffee. I have a mm-hmm. fucking Diet Coke. First of all, is that an adorable tiny Diet Coke? It's a tiny little Diet oh, Coke in a glass bottle, which is the only way I'll drink them. Because I don't know. It just feels like legit. Because your hands are little. Yeah. It's very and classic. then Tasha has her beautiful With water like bottle, magnum of water, <laughs> which is what we all should be drinking. Um, this well, is I perfect. Think, first of all, I love that it's morning. Is this is it morning where y'all are at? It is right. No, it's, it's noon. noon. It's okay. It's noon, no, we'll, which is I feel like it's LA morning on a Monday. Okay, wait. Can I use that then to kind of bridge into my de grief? Um, so yes, is that okay? Yes, please. Let's yes, just get, please. Let's get the show on the road. So I had a trip yeah. to Amsterdam. This past couple of days, super fun trip. Uh, I woke up in the morning and I find when I travel, and especially when I have a little jet lag or, you know, my sleep's a little compromised or my body is actually in a different time zone, whether it's Minnesota or wherever, I do feel a little bit more something like emotional, objective. I always feel a little bit more connected to certain things. And this particular trip, I had this intense dream about Amy. Like we totally hung out. It was so real. We were in our kitchen um, in the house that we grew up in. And it was just that feeling. And this doesn't happen all the time. I I almost, I don't dream of her a lot, you know, every now and again, but ones like this, where you just feel like you hung out with them. And I woke up and, you know, it was probably like eight or nine or something in Amsterdam, who knows what time my body thought it was. But I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, no, I want to I go back. I want to hang out again. And it was such a cool feeling. Anyway, it was That's just great. nice. I carried that with I me and went that. out and just had like a little walk. And I don't know, it was just, I know we talk a lot about how sometimes we feel really connected or really not connected. And that is so real for me. I mean, there are days where I just don't. I'm like, I don't feel much about, you know, about, about you know, my connection with like, I don't know, her in a certain emotional way, right? Mm -hmm. This was one of those like real, real cool ones. I love that. Do you think that doing the podcast, because obviously we're like very, in a very focused way, talking about them a lot. Do you think that that might be why? I love that you asked that because another thing, I didn't want to overdo my degrief this week, but another thing I was going to bring up, but I'll just say briefly, is it's been so nice to get some feedback and people have shared some things about like the music aspect with Amy and, and across the, you know, for all of us across the board. And I think that is percolating a little bit, you know, and like our subconscious mm-hmm. and just living through this podcast. Now that we've had like a few mm-hmm. episodes out there and and then emerging that with my job, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's nice. It's, it's nice to carry that. 
you know, mm-hmm. and not only emotionally, or if these things pop up, and like I just said, subconsciously with people's feedback and just this whole process as we connect with others and everything, but even just to flippantly be like, oh yeah, and I'm doing this podcast to coworkers and stuff where we're like, oh, tell me more. And then it ends there and they're like, cool. And will they ever listen to it? I don't know. doesn't really, if they want to, I hope they do. If not, whatever. But it's just nice that it's something that we now kind of are living with this project. Yeah. I mean, and I'll sort of pivot into mine a little bit, which is that, you know, when I was trying to find that video of Colton doing the chin up, I was looking at a lot of videos of him just in trying to find it. Right. And it's been really nice to just now that I am where I am past his death to go back and be like, oh, yeah, that guy, (laughs) because, you know, it was a long time that he was sick. So to just it it doesn't I don't know how to it's not any one thing or another, but just my emotional uh, the landscape when I look at those videos is just a little bit different now and like to get to enjoy it more Mm -hmm. um lean into it more and in doing the podcast it has sort of given people like a free invitation to talk to me about colton Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. oh i heard what you said about da 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 or like somebody said just the other day you know i'd heard some of the story but i hadn't heard it the way you were telling it on the podcast so it was so cool to get to hear more about your brother. I think I understood more about your connection with him or even Aaron, who was there for all of it, said that hearing me talk about stuff, he's like, I was there, but just hearing you talk about it like with friends or like mm-hmm. not to me, it's it's like illuminating for a lot of people. And I also love how it sort of makes me, and I've mentioned this before, but feel a little bit like an ambassador of grief yes. to some people like they'll be like so my dad's sister died and i was yes. hearing what you said about blah, blah 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 like people feel like they can just talk to you about their own grief about stuff which feels so nice i mean it feels really nice i love that yeah. so much and i people are afraid to bring up stuff they don't know if you're going to be how you're going to be about it or there's people walk on eggshells a little bit about grief. And this is a little bit of an invitation, I think, this project to open up conversation and to Mm -hmm. invite people to just say the thing, share the thing, celebrate the thing. And I think even even myself, even if I have somebody close die, like I'm no expert, I'm still sometimes like, oh, I don't, what should I say? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, isn't it interesting how, cause like, when I'll I'll be like, well, also, well, my brother died two and a half years ago, and someone goes, oh, I'm so sorry, and you're like, oh, thank you, and you keep talking, but the, mm-hmm. the I'm sorry, I'm sorry, is just a, it's just, I don't know, I don't love it. I, I don't love it. It feels like, it feels yeah, like a formality, like, yeah. It does, but and I also know, like, well, what else is someone supposed to say? They acknowledge right. it, but I find now when somebody says that in the midst of telling me something, I kind of just I'm looking them in the eyes and I'm just taking it as part of the story, and I have like an empathetic exchange, like, mm. but See, I don't I like unless, it. yeah, I, I, are you like the I'm sorry? I do. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. You're not. I'm. What am I? I'm not even. Really I like right. it because I think there's a space for just a moment for the person just to be really. What they're really saying is, I, I hear you. I heard mm-hmm. that. I see you. I see yeah. you. Uh-huh. I connected I that. Yeah. Because like otherwise, that. and if they just look at me and they say, I hear you. I see. You, I'd be like, what? <laughs> but like, I'm sorry. It's just like a safe. I'm actually gonna start doing that. I'm gonna start saying instead of I'm sorry. I'm gonna say I see you. That's sweet. 
It's very avatar. I like it too. Um, I love what you guys said. I love your degrief today. I had a, I had a bad week again. Um, Mm -hmm. and which segues, I think into what our topic is this week, which is anniversaries, birthdays, um, celebrations and how you handle that when you're going through grief. Right. But first of all, I do want to acknowledge that I also find this podcast to be so just healing and cathartic. And I'm so glad we're doing this. And I've had people say like, what's the experience been like? And I just am so moved and like honored to be doing this with you guys. And I'm so happy we decided to do this and we put it together kind of fast. And I just think it's been an incredible thing for all of us. So with that said, I also had one of those weeks where I, I felt a lot of the stuff that we've talked about when we talk about how grief is nonlinear and I've sort of felt so far like, okay, there's been progress. I feel a little bit less terrible than I felt certainly right after he died. And then the holidays were really tough, of course, because it's the first holiday without him. But I think because we're nearing the one year anniversary of his death, I have felt like I've gone completely backwards. Like, This weekend, I was a mess. I was having panic attacks. I was dreaming a lot about him having cancer again, telling me again that he had cancer. I just felt like I couldn't breathe. My mom was actually also similarly having the same experience and texting me and calling me saying, I don't know if it's because we're approaching the one year, but I feel fucking terrible and I can't Mm -hmm. stop crying and I wake up crying. And um, and I, I, I was a little bummed because I kind of felt like it's, you know, I think you think progress or they say things get better with time or grief gets more healing with time, but it was such a reminder that it's not necessarily like time just always moves everything forward because the last week I've sort of felt kind of like right back to where I was (laughs) like a month after Mm -hmm. he died. I feel like I'm back in cycle one. I'm having some of the behavior that I exhibited in cycle one where I kind of want to like, you know, numb out the pain by having too much tequila. I, um, I don't want to deal with certain things. I feel like, you know, it's been really gloomy in LA for any listeners who aren't in Los Angeles and I'm very weather affected and I've just felt really like I just had the blues Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I've just been, I've just been in a really sad place you guys can tell me. I don't know if that gets better after the year mark. I don't know if the year mark is a thing. I don't know if I'm just having a bad I think week. The year mark is definitely a thing. But I mean, I had a day yesterday where in the morning I was like, I'm so sad. I feel so sad. I sat on Aaron's lap and cried on his shoulder. And then he was like, it's okay, you know, whatever. And he got up and then I like sat on the floor and hugged my dog and like mm-hmm. cried into my dog. And then, you know, I that got makes me up cry and had, I had my that, day. Yeah. That makes me cry because I had that yesterday too. I was like, can I get a hug? He's <laughs> like, he's like, Angel. I was like, I'm just sad, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So lucky that we have someone to hug us when we yeah. need it. But. So I don't think that it ever goes away. And like we've talked about before, I feel like I wouldn't want it to go away. 
I mean, it, right. it also was like, ah, oh, I mean, I miss him. I miss mm -hmm. him. I, I don't want to not miss him. So I feel mm -hmm. like the moments just get a little easier to recover from. I think right. I let myself really have the moment. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and then mm -hmm. I get up and do the next thing. Um, but right. I feel like I have to let myself have the moment and not right. be afraid that oh, I'm not, I'll never come back from this moment or whatever. And I think that's what changed has changed over time for me is it used to feel more like I'll never come back from this moment. If I lay down on the floor and start crying, like it will go down, 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 down. That's true. The awareness that the moment can pass is is there. It's life-saving. You know, you know you can get through it. You know, mm -hmm. well, you know there's another side to it. Yeah, yeah. it is life-saving. I think uh, it's a little bit how you how you curate it in your brain. I mean, I, I know I can be a little bit less emotional, a little bit more mental about about it sometimes. And for my experience, obviously year one was really hard emotionally, but I remember being like, I'm I'm going to hit every check mark I need to and get like I'm going to go home for everything. Mother's Day, like Easter, Easter, Father's Day, all the things until I got through year one, which was obviously really fucking hard. But I think I I just tricked myself into being like, it's going to be better after year one. And right now encroaching on year seven, I know a lot of people don't agree, but I'm like, I think time does help, even though obviously it's this nonlinear emotional relationship to everything, but it's shifted. And even doing this podcast, which I wouldn't have even done three years ago, me personally. Mm -hmm. um, but then this very day, getting ready for this podcast, I'm getting out of the shower, kid you not, I grab like my watch and I just like say to myself, still gone. Wow. And then I just like did my hair, you know, it's like, it just hits you. Mm -hmm. So like it was yesterday, like it's weird. Mm -hmm. Cause I think I'm does. still, you know what I mean? So it's like intellectually, I'm like, okay, year seven time helps the lessons, the things, but then you're just like gut punch. Oops. Still like still gone. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also, coming up on the year for me, it's just a reminder that it's real and he's never yeah. coming back, which is obvious, right? But I'm still a little bit in that year of magical thinking, a little bit of like shock still where I can't believe, I'm sorry, I'm looking up on my mantle at his urn. Like, I can't believe that he's in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I just like, don't, Mm -hmm. which by the way, I just want to put it out there for anyone who knows Gabriel that he was like, don't you fucking put me on your mantle. He said that to <gasps> me and my mom. He's like, I do not want to be fucking sat on the mantle next to like a book. Okay. Don't do that. And he's on my mantle. And it's only because he asked for his ashes to be thrown into the ocean in Hawaii. And I haven't made it there yet, but I will make okay. it. And Gabriel, I'm yeah, looking up will. at his urn and I want you to know your ashes will be in Hawaii on the big island very but soon. But it is, it's so weird. I mean, his urn is back there. Well, that half of him is in that urn. Where's the other and half? My parents have another oh. urn with like another half. And I thought from the way when I picked him up that it's like it's sealed in a in a way that you, you need a tool to open it because I don't know, legally or something, you're not supposed to scatter them unless you have some sort of permit. And so they heat they right. seal it in some way. And um our friend was over, Dylan Kennan, and he was like, yeah, you can. And he like opened it and I was like, oh, put it back, put it back, put it back. Like, I was like, I 
I could see the ashes in there and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. And it was so <laughs> drama. And he was like, all right. And he like screwed back up. Sorry. By the way, that's so but, like, Dylan too. He's like the handiest man. He's yeah, like, you could like, totally yeah, you open can. this urn right up. <laughs> Sprinkle it all over. No. Um, I, so yeah. it is, it's straight. It's, it's, and I know it's not him. It's his body. That mm -hmm. he's Even not that's in, strange, though. But, like, yeah, you know. And I still have those moments when I when I needed the hug yesterday, where I was crying, and I still am like, "Where did he go? Where uh -huh. is he right now?" Which, of course, we can talk about and conceptualize. And he became one with the earth, and here and there. But is his consciousness? Is he hearing me? Is he laughing while we're making this podcast? Like, we just for, mm -hmm. for a relationship with someone where you spoke multiple times a day to that being suddenly gone. And all I want to uh, do is just find out where he is and what his experience is like. It's just devastating. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. So today we were going to talk about uh, anniversaries, birthdays, holidays. I think inherent in that is probably, you know, we live in a time of social media. So when you mm -hmm. post or not post um, during those things, and I'll just launch in because Aziza, you, you know, we're talking about coming up on the one year. And I think the anniversary of their death is a really uh, mm. interesting day that it feels like I lean into his birthday more than the day of his death, mm -hmm. but of course I think of the day of his death when it, when it comes. Um, I've seen, I have a friend who took their own life and people post that day and I'm always surprised. Like, what do we, I mean, like the day we lost him is, I, it's mm -hmm. just a strange. So I was just wondering, you know, Aziza, you're talking about approaching it. Um, and John, obviously you've lived through six, six six mm -hmm. of them now yeah. um what how what you think about that is that a what how what kind of significance does that day hold like what what you know is, Aziza, having... what do you plan to do if anything mm -hmm. like how do you feel about that i've been having i appreciate that question because i've been having a lot of thoughts about that as it as we come upon the one year anniversary but also i had a couple of his friends reach out to me and say, are you planning on doing anything for the anniversary? We'd love to come down. Some of them, a lot of them live up north or in New York, and we'd love to come and all be together that day. And I actually said to Craig, I think it's so sweet and also so interesting that there's this new date in my life mm -hmm. that is now a thing that was never a thing. It's July, 20, uh, July 21st, which is also the day before my dad's birthday. So I just, it always makes me like, oh my God. Mm. But, um, so it's like, okay, so that's now going to be a, a new date. I don't really want to celebrate anything on that date. But yes, I want to acknowledge that that's the day he left the earth. But that it doesn't feel like his birthday. His birthday feels like a day I want to celebrate the mm -hmm. day he arrived on this earth and we all got to love him and be with him and share his beautiful, incredible spirit. So I don't know how I feel about the death date, but I know I'll be impacted on that day. So yeah, I, I, I'm curious also how you guys feel about it because you've experienced it more than I than I have. I'm sure there will be many feelings on that day. I try to think of it as more of a, mm, it's not a day that I share 
with anybody other than, you know, Aaron, I'll talk about it maybe, but it's sort of just a private day for me that feels kind of like a mystical, you know, it's the day he transitioned. It's kind of a spiritual day, you know, the day that he, he did transition was a spiritual day in and of itself. Like I've thought of myself as like a spiritual secret service that day. I remember going down to the park and crying and crying. I like walked my dog and then I like was like, okay, like I'm spiritual secret service. Like I need to get him the fuck out of here Mm -hmm. and went to the hospital and was just like, you know, just protector mode. And I, you know, put my hand on his heart as he was kind of like, you know, going and just imagining this very clear nothing in the way he's going from one place to the next place like there's not going to be any any trauma or anything in the way of that and so the day the anniversary of the day i sort of am trying to have that feeling of like Mm -hmm. a very clean mystical that was a very mystical experience um him transitioning from this this plane to the next so there's certain candles that i only light on his birthday or that day that i really reserve for that and poor aaron i mean there are definitely things around the house that i'm like that's for a special thing like he's like not allowed to like move that thing or touch that thing or like i know you're trying to be romantic and light candles but not that fucking but not candle. that like, <laughs> i mean he knows now but in the very beginning i'm sure it was felt a little landmine here <laughs> Um, but anyway, that's how I feel about that day. <laughs> John. I, I hate it. I hate that day. When I wake up on that anniversary, I, I, I wish there was a better word for it, death anniversary. And it's like, what what is this? Aziza, you said it very eloquently. It's like all of a sudden this date is in our lives. It sucks. I always want that day to be over. Over the years, it was obviously, it's always hard. But in the beginning, I think just my brain uh, not remembering the the actual like feeling of the trauma for that day is, 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 I mean, it's been almost seven years. So it, it, that gets a little better, I think. And I've been able to manage a little better how to transition it from this traumatic, terrible day to somber remembrance, quiet appreciation. Um, mm. But it sucks. I always want yeah. it to go. So I'll use this to kind of uh, to pivot into my question to the two of you which is something that I've always struggled with a lot is the social media aspect. I'll never forget the first death anniversary, you know, August 21st, 2017. What the fuck am I supposed to, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with like saying the right thing, saying the wrong thing, but then you don't want to say nothing. You don't want to say too much. It's like, I just, I mean, I've always struggled with that. And I think, you know, I'm not the biggest social media person. So I'm not coming into it that well versed anyway. I'll post here or there, you know. But, um, but you want to say something, right? But you, or not, or you? I don't know. It's hard. Like, there's times where I get all revved up. Like, no, I've got to do this thing. I've got to celebrate her. I've got to write the most perfect thing that that shares just every little bit of nuanced beauty that she was and is. But then there's other times where I'm like, no, I don't need to do anything. I can do what feels right. Though that is what I battle each year. So on the day that she died, on the day she died specifically, that's a good question. In general, and Aziza, you mentioned, you know, her birthday is easier. That's more of a celebration for me as well. Like I find it easier Mm -hmm. to post photos and this or that. But yeah, but my, my general question is how do the two of you manage 
the death of your sibling with social media? I I love that question as someone who is an overshare on social media. uh, And I've always found social media to be incredibly helpful to use it as a tool to be able to express myself as a writer, as, you know, as a person. And I have said this before on this podcast, but for me, for my personality, and this is not a judgment on anyone else because everybody has their own process. But for me, sharing has been incredibly healing. Getting it out is incredibly healing for me, sharing with other people has been healing. I think for other people and some of the responses I've gotten, like, thank you for what you wrote. It was, it was, it really moved me. It made me think of my own grief or my own experience, similarly to how we're doing this podcast. And I, I, I love it and appreciate it for that. Now, if I don't feel like it, I won't do it. But if I do feel like it, I do. And I try not to think about if there's going to be judgment about it. It's really not my fucking problem, like then scroll past it or unfollow me, you know, but this is my page and my platform. And if I'm feeling sad and I want to express my sadness on a public forum and post a beautiful picture of him and say, I'm thinking about him today, that feels right to me. That feels good. And so far the response I've gotten from other people who love him, who the only way that I can sort of keep him alive and to connect with some people that I'm, I went, I didn't really even know all of his friends. I knew a lot of them and we shared a lot of friends, but there was a, a small subset of his friends in New York that I didn't really know as well. And when right. I post photos of him, they hearted and they say, thank you. I love seeing his smile today. Thank you for what you wrote. I felt the same way. So it, there's a sense of belonging with all of us and being a part of the same community of people who loved him, people who miss him. So I find social media to be really beneficial and super helpful in that way. Again, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I'm sure I'll post something on the day that he passed, mostly because, and I've thought about this the week leading up to it, we had such a beautiful hospice celebration when so many of his friends, as I've mentioned, flew into town and were by his bedside. And I posted some of those photos while it was happening in real time, but not all of them, not the photos of the entire group of his friends sitting outside of his apartment. It makes me want to cry because it was so incredibly moving that all of these people just showed up to bid him farewell and to just give him all of this love as he transitioned. And um, that is something to be celebrated because the only thing we can ask, I think at the end of our lives is, to be loved. And he had such an outpouring of love. That would be something that I would be thrilled to post and talk about. So yeah, I don't know. It's just my experience. I did, in fairness, go through a little bit of a phase where I was wondering if people were getting sick of it because I was feeling so much and I was posting so much and so many pictures that at one point, I think it was like two months after he passed, I wrote a caption I'm, I'm sorry if I've been overposting about my brother, but I'm also not sorry because I'm grieving and this is what I'm going through. And I appreciate anyone who's still looking at my page. I appreciate your empathy and kindness mm-hmm. and watching my journey unfold on here with the understanding that reasonable expectation, you might want to mute me. Like you might want to not be around to watch this because it might be like, okay, this bitch is going on and on and on about her grief. Like I know it's annoying, whatever. But 
I'm still going to do it because it makes me feel better. And it's really about me. It's my page. That's how I feel. <laughs> it does feel, I will say it does feel good once it's out there. I think I just it really collect does. the anxiety before, but every time I release it into the world, even on the hardest day, there is this, there, there, I can empathize with what you're saying. Like there is this, uh, like this release and this, it just feels good too. I'm never like, oh God, I wish I didn't do that. It's like, no, it's, it's everything leading up to it. That is what I have to like work through, which I also wanted to bring up real quick. I'm going to have a confession transparency moment. You guys are like, what's mm-hmm. happening? I, lo- I love, love you it. both shift. You've shifted. And I was thinking about how in preparation for what I wanted to say about my social media relationship to Amy's passing about, about how, you know, I'm, it is hard for me. And then I kind of had this moment where I'm like, but now here I'm doing basically like social media on steroids, right? Like a podcast, (laughs) like we're like talking about everything and I love it and it feels right. But I, now that we're a few episodes in, I think it's hard. It's really hard for me. It's hard. It's not as, it's not as, I don't don't think it'd be easy, but in, I guess my intellectual brain of putting together this collaborative project with the two of you, it, it was one thing, but now like, oh shit. So here we are. And I have been a little bit aware, kind of, I guess, objectively looking back at the few episodes where I'm, I don't know, it's, it's hard for me to go there and to, I feel sometimes kind of surfacey and kind of, I don't know, like I'm not giving as much as I have in me, which I haven't. So I'm here, I'm showing up, I, but, I, I, but I can also feel myself getting better, like opening up more. So just be patient with me. But I just no, wanted to I mean, that. I thought this would be a good episode too, because again, this is basically social media on steroids. So here I am. And I just want to say to that point, John, like, I'm so proud of you and (laughs) we love you so brave. You know, you're the one that sent the text in January being like, so should we do this podcast? So I'm just so proud of you because I know it's hard for you and yet you really want to. Like, I I think you really want to talk about it and be more open and process it and, um, I hope you don't mind if I say this right now, but it really moved I, I do. me so, <laughs> you don't even know what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, but, you know, a few weeks ago you said, you know, I was just thinking the other day, have I even begun to grieve Amy? And I started crying and and you were like, I know. And you were like, I mean, of course I have. Of course I have. It's been seven years. Of course I have. But at the same time, I think there's a part of you that knows Mm. that you haven't and that it's taken this sort of us coming together and you doing it with support and with you like to dialogue. So like Mm -hmm. we're all dialoguing about something. It, it, It maybe doesn't feel as like private as you just being like sad in your room or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but... Um, I, I know it's hard. This is a very long-winded way of saying I know it is challenging for you, and I just I'm so impressed um, with you and inspired by you um, in your, you know, desire to to keep working through it. Me too. Thank you. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. And then, it, like Tasha said, it was your idea, which I think is so 
No, it was collaborative. I mean, that's kind. I mean, it was well, collaborative, but matter. it was kind not... of your idea first. But no, regardless... no, I meant like that's kind of y'all to give me all this credit for. It. I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's it's not like that's this. I didn't reinvent the wheel here, but I'm glad that we decided together. He's to like, no, this. not kind of. It was my idea, but I meant. <laughs> 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 I mean, it was. It was totally my idea. I truly don't look but at it like that. I look at it like the, the energy merged for this to happen. We needed it. We want it. We want to get this out there anyway. I think I've said this, but the thing that's so beautiful about uh, us all being friends and having this horrible collective shared experience, but all being so different uh, and so unique is that you bring something different to the table. And it's just, it's, it's okay that, that you are being transparent today and don't know how much you really dove into the grief yet. That's okay. Because I think that's so relatable and yeah, so many people's mm-hmm. experience. It's not mm-hmm. always, you know, and, and I actually think the majority of people in the world aren't like therapized, like, you know, us actors in Los Angeles, like a lot of people are in touch with the, their emotions. And I, I know speaking to Craig and a couple other male friends I've talked to that you are the most relatable Hmm. Um, that yeah, you're the most relatable because, because it's like, kind of like, I feel like I have to go on with business as usual, as usual, as a man walking through the world grieving it. I think, I think oftentimes, I mean, I don't want to get too into like gender specifics, but I feel like oftentimes men don't feel like there's sure. the, I mean- um, capacity or that they're allowed to be as emotional as women are. So I don't know. I just, I I think you're so courageous and so brave. And I think it's even brave to say that. And I I actually feel like saying that is such a huge step in the grief process in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm, it's it's a hike, I guess, and it's like obviously yes, the hike had to start when it started, but um, there's more to uncover on it. There's more to realize from it, I guess. So, and this being part of that process has been really important and interesting and fucking scary. You know what I mean? It's like it, if you know, and to different degrees for all of us, but just, um, but so you also had. Sorry, go ahead, honey. Well, no, but just it's, but I, I guess it it's a win-win because it is a, an effort to, you know, heal and just be truthful, but also celebrate, celebrate them, celebrate yes. her, celebrate them. And, and it does feel like I, this sounds so dorky, but I love it for everything I'm about to say. I feel like I'm doing a project with Amy. Like when Aww. I was on the treadmill in Amsterdam, like kind of getting yeah. ready to go back to work, I was, I thought like, I, I was like, okay, tomorrow we're doing another episode. And I was listening to Green Day, which sorry, listener, you're going to hear about Green Day a lot. And I was just kind of like having such a great moment. And I was like, well, AIM, like, what are we going to talk about? You know? And it was a really, really cool feeling. Anyway. I love that. Well, to go hey, back to the social what, media comment though, yeah. who can, like, you who know, cares? and we're in our forties now, I think there's a lot Excuse wrapped me? up in how we come. 30s. That's what I meant. I mean, we're in our thirties now. That's you totally guys, what I meant. It's a privilege to be older. <laughs> let's, let's but, just, um, yes. well, that's fine. We all identify as 28. Well, I do. Anyway, I um, we, <laughs> I do. No, I like we, getting uh, older. We are 
I think we're in a place now in our lives where we care less about what people think. I know I do. So I think I would have questioned the shit out of how many posts I was doing in my Mm -hmm. late 20s, early 30s. Like, oh God, are people going to think I'm annoying? It's like, I don't fucking care. Like, I'm grieving. I don't care if you think I'm annoying. I don't care if you think I overpost. Like, then don't follow me. Bye. I I love that energy. I'm going to like listen to that every time before I post something. But I I, I agree. It's a practice. Yes. And I agree. And I think that's why I said I could not have even done this podcast a year ago or two years ago. So it's just, it's all a work in progress. You're also more private. Like I'm not a very private person. I tell everybody everything. I'm, ex- uh, you know, to, to it's a blessing and a curse. I'm not ashamed of being a not private person because oh, I it's actually freeing, think, I bet jealous. It's freeing. Also, slash, like they say, sometimes overshares have like attachment issues. <laughs> so, like, there's like some kind of like anxiety about like you know. Anyway, that's a look. Whole there's other a, thing. on the flip side. There's a flip side of everything <laughs> that will make us have to do some sort of therapy, right? There, I mean, there's a flip side of everything that sometimes times overshares just want to be loved which is all everybody knows who knows me that's the truth but i think being a private person is also completely fair and you don't have to post on every <laughs> anniversary you of have a death. moment though when i'm like i'm a private person me mom doing a podcast but like <gasps> so it's, it's a balance i'm so you can be private both. right <laughs> I, I, I i you know <laughs> social media is just such a funny thing and I don't know, John, if this is ever partly why, but I feel like sometimes it can feel really narcissistic. Yes. And when I, I see, see that when I yeah. scroll someone's page and they have like a bunch of selfies, I'm just like, mm. what are you even like? It can feel really like, yeah, like narcissus. Like I'm just like, yeah, doing my face, face tuning it. And then like, aren't I beautiful? And or whatever. Mm-hmm. And or or sometimes with grief, like I can feel like, well, I'm not trying to like play tiny violins for myself and have right. people be like, mm, no, I don't know. So it just can. I think it's a it's a dance and it's really particular to everybody how you yeah. feel. I I also think for me personally, just to answer kind of your question, John, but I don't have any pictures of Colton for the mm. last 11 years of his life, <sighs> except for a few that I stole. Like when he got his, we were trying to fit him for an oxygen mask and I took a, or I have a picture. Anyway, things he would never, ever, ever want me to let anyone see and thinks they're deleted, but they're just for me. Cause I'm like, I, you know, is my brother. Mm-hmm. We would like, um it wasn't zoom then whatever that thing was used to be it was skype and i would try to get a picture of him when he could still talk and we were skyping he'd be like i heard that delete it like i just like he didn't want and he didn't even i mean he wasn't anywhere near what he ended up looking like towards the end so anyway um all i have is these pictures of the past as time goes on i i've i'm enjoying them more um and i feel like i you know it was mother's day just we just had mother's day and so Mm -hmm. i posted a picture of us when i'm probably in like i don't know sixth grade and he's in fourth grade and it's my mom because it's like this is my family or like on my birthday i posted a picture of my birthday when i was four and he was two because i want to celebrate it's like Mm -hmm. i i feel like social media and the past feels that feels nice that feels celebratory that feels like i'm reflecting my family and he is part of my family and he's part of those memories and because we're talking about holidays 
you know, his birthday is in October. And so Halloween, there was like a, mm-hmm. a Halloween theme to like his wrapping paper on his birthday presents or like what he would get for his birthday. And I remember sitting in the hospital and he was going to die four days later. But I was like, Halloween sure is scary this year. Like it just felt. And we listened to like a calm app Halloween story while he's like laying in the hospital bed. Um, so for me, the holiday of Halloween feels very wrapped up in him. I have a picture framed in my house of like us with those plastic, you know, those plastic costumes with like the yeah. plastic mask of and, course. Yeah. and I'm a cabbage patch kid. And we also so look cute. like maybe we're going to go murder people. <laughs> like it also looks like slightly <laughs> frightening just with, you know, some of those movies that have come out more recently. But anyway, so I, I get kind of uncomfortable posting him uh, uh, unless it feels very celebratory or it feels like the past that being said when I do post it and yes Aziza to your point and people are like I love this he was so cute or that thing of him doing the chin up and how many people were like he was so handsome he wow he's so handsome he's so handsome and I'm like he was he was he was so handsome and like you get to just like share mm-hmm. this person that isn't here anymore and to share this person that like I haven't seen in an even lo- you know so long he turned into this other you know way yeah. of being um so to get to celebrate the way he wants to be celebrated and the way he wanted to be remembered is it feels really nice it feels like i'm doing something he would be happy that i was yes. doing too he would can i just and i yes. saw the responses on that instagram post and you brought so many people so much joy they were th- yes. to see him again yeah. in his glory in his yeah. element i mean yeah. so many of his friends wrote in i know it's and so listen, sweet before social media, which is why I think social media is a gift, and I hear what you're saying about the narcissistic thing, because social media in itself, just the fact that you have a page with your little picture, the whole totally. thing is kind of narcissistic and like yeah, a little bit totally. self-absorbed and weird, which is why I think it gets a lot of bad flack. But before social media existed, people would say, if there was a fire in my house, the one thing I would grab is my photo albums, right? Because that's something that you can't, it's, it's irreplaceable, and it's the only thing that you really have left when they're physically gone are your memories mm-hmm. in your head and your and the physical pictures of the person. And so to be able to share that with the world or your friends or your mutual friends or your family, I think it's such a gift. What a wild time we live in that sometimes yes. I miss him so much and I can go to a photo from last year and I have my my iPhone picture set to live right so I'll see him and I'll just be like I want to hear his voice I miss him and I'll mm-hmm. hold it down and it's like he's fucking sitting right there and I hear his laugh and I hear him being like turn your stupid and it feels like it's you know it's in real time and I'm like god what a gift this little thing is <laughs> like it's that crazy I bring isn't it? him back for just a second you know right for it's sure. true That's crazy it is crazy. And even just the world we live in, people that, you know, those people alive today, it's crazy. It's like we almost have like our digital selves and then our real in-person selves anyway. So in some ways, it almost yeah. feels like they are like still there and all these ways. And then the ways that you can go relive these moments of their voice or their their image, their their everything. It's, it's crazy. It always does make me mm-hmm. think about what it would have been like 
having the same experience back in like the days before all of this. It's just well, remember nuts. the old movies where people would cry and they would roll like the the old <laughs> movies and, and, and the yeah, old in the movie attic and, and they'd shit. be crying and it would be all grainy and like the right. you couldn't even see the person's face. Yeah, in the attic, it's like we just have it right here and it's clear as day. Like it's happening in real life. Oh my gosh, on that note, so my grandma's gonna be 97 like this week coming up. How cool oh is that? Oh my god, that's she so cool. She has a box of, I know Alma, she's like the best. Um, Alma, happy birthday. My dad's mom, name. yeah. She has a box of those, all of those uh, movies. Like they're actually on like eight millimeter or whatever. Oh and my god. They're labeled like 1981, Amy roller skating in the basement and blah, 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 like all that. So she's going to have You'll those have to like play it on a like projector. A, yeah. Well, she's going to have them transferred onto a, uh, like a CD or whatever today's transfer. Mm, I think you have be. it transferred on a, <laughs> on a little thumb drive. <laughs> yeah, thumb drive. <laughs> We're going to have our transfer onto on a, a VH, no, VHS. <laughs> We're going to do a VHS. Uh, and then it'll be transferred onto beta and it's going to be great. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we see why you're not so great at social media. Do you have internet? (laughs) Do you have Wi-Fi at your house? Well, I guess the question that I would have was, is obviously we've talked a lot about their birthdays, the anniversary of their deaths. Do you feel differently about, I I know the holidays are a heavy one when you've lost someone you love. How about your birthday? Does Does it feel like a reflective day when it's your birthday or for example, Tasha, Mm. you're having a wedding coming up. Um, Mm. That's something that I'm sure you wish that he was there for. He wasn't really even in the first one. So yeah. What do you feel about the days that aren't really about your sibling, but obviously their the lack of, you know, their presence Mm. is still a thing. Mm. Uh, In my family and for me personally, like, we celebrated Christmas and Christmas was a big, you know, like people, we would all definitely try to be together at Christmas. Um, And it's interesting with holidays. I don't know how you guys feel, but um, I feel like I must be with my parents at Mm -hmm. Christmas time. Mm -hmm. Like I feel terrible for them to not, because for all of us, there's only two kids for them Mm -hmm. to have no kids with them at Christmas, even though I'm an adult, like a lot of the you know at this age a lot of but I don't have my own children and so I'm just like I have to be with them at Christmas time and shoot what were you asking just about my birthday your birthday your wedding coming up oh yeah so yeah the first one he was there he was there right in a hotel room Palm Springs and he could have come but he didn't want to but come he was out. too embarrassed yeah. and yeah. i wanted him to be in it and he he didn't want anyone to see him which really hurt my feelings um but you know i knew he gets to do what he wants to do and it's not about me and he had on these like this like black sweatsuit and you can see him outside the gate in pictures during the ceremony it's like this ghost is back mm this like specter is back behind the gate um so anyway so yeah so him that that made me sad to look at those photos and be like it's like he's dead and my ex-husband's both of his brothers one of whom is dead now but um are in the pictures and it's like i it's like colton was already dead um this one i think because i already had that experience i mean we're planning to have a big picture of him on like an altar and um 
my fiance's mom is dead so there'll be a a picture of her and i think you know i'm i i am accepting that he's he's just like we talked about last week about having a new relationship with them yeah mm-hmm where they're not physically here. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to be more celebratory about like, he's here, it's just in a different way. Like I'm just like mm-hmm. getting more used to um, bringing him into things and making him part of celebrations and holidays and my birthday, like having just like a special sort of nod to him. Yeah. That's just different than I'm used to, than I was used to having him. Um. And, you know, I wouldn't, sorry, I know I'm talking a long time, but it's like when he was here the past few um, last years that he was here, it was like holidays were so hard. His birthday was so hard. It's like, Mm. what do I get Mm -hmm. him? He can't open it. He can't eat a cake. He can't, you know, like Thanksgiving, my mom would be like, this is delicious. And I'd be like, well, we're going to have to like blend up clam chowder and try to feed it to him a little bit later. And he's going to try to drink a boost through a straw that someone has to hold for him. Like it was just a it was a hard Mm -hmm. it was just a hard it just felt I just it felt very sad and I felt like my brother was suffering for a long 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 time so the fact that now he's not suffering and I can incorporate him into things and know that he's not suffering anymore um I guess it feels different than you guys who had the last holidays you had with these people mm-hmm. were more celebratory. And the last mm-hmm. holidays that I had with my brother for several years felt just, we were trying to piece together something to still make it nice or still have some semblance of like what we used to have for him. And it just wasn't, it almost felt worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. John, what about you, honey? You know, I feel like because Amy and I always, for the most part of our young adult and adult life lived so far apart, we there was always this this excitement leading up to an event like my birthday or you know if i was going to go home for the holidays or whatever and i can almost it's like my dinosaur brain to this day still has this little tiny alarm bell i swear where i'll be like driving maybe like a few weeks before my birthday or a few weeks before like early december and i'm like today this is the day that amy and i would have connected and been like you know, like we texted and all that all the time, but we'd be like, mm-hmm. brother, sister, like, what are the plans? Like, should I come out to LA? Should I come out to Portland? Um, okay, so when you come back for Christmas, like, let's, let's, in, I felt like we were tour managers for this event we were planning. And so that is something that I love, obviously, but that's hard. So I, I think for me, that more of the challenge and the emotional aspect comes through like in those that feeling again it like it still happens where i'm like this and then i'll just pick up the phone and call anna like one of her best friends who's basically like a sister to me or sarah who is her sister but um or just someone and just kind of that i feel like i can kind of have that connection to that feeling but the actual day is a little different you know i don't know if the two of you are like this but i almost feel like for me the preemptive time frame before something or the the dreamy part the the planning all that is one thing but then when you're like in it you're in it so like on my birthday i'll be like okay well i'm here i'm having fun i'm with friends and like cheer like i wish amy was here but like it's my more emotional heavy stuff is the leading up to it and then Mm -hmm. i'm kind of like okay i'm good i have such a small family i mean my nuclear original family it was just my parents and brother and i so i always feel like 
I mean, thank God I have Craig and the kids now, but I feel like his absence around Christmas and Thanksgiving, it feels so huge. It just feels like there's such an empty seat at the table. Um, And also, you know, I think a lot about, because he was sick the last Christmas we had, which was kind of like not what I wished it had been. Um, It was a bigger Christmas that we had extended to uh, my in-laws. And that was lovely to have everyone here. But in retrospect, knowing he was going to pass, I sort of wish that he and I had just like more time with just our parents because it was our last Mm -hmm. Christmas together. I didn't know it would be our last Christmas together. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think I kind of try to go backwards and think, oh, if I had known it would be my last birthday with him, I would have done this, this, and this, or, uh, but anyway, uh, I know we're going to sign off soon. So I would like to start if you don't mind, um, with that, because I want to, I want to say that my, one of my favorite moments with Gabriel was surprising him for his 50th birthday. And I told him I couldn't make it because he did it out in the Hamptons with some mutual friends of ours. And obviously I'm living in California and it just was like, you know, it's like, it's too far. It's too hectic to get there. And then I totally planned it with the friends, showed up um, and surprised him to the point where he had called me that morning and I was on the bus to, I was almost there and uh, the jitney rather, I can't call it a bus. Um, and he said, um, where are you? And I'm like, I'm sleeping. It's like 7 AM California time. So he's like, okay, okay. So anyway, I walked in and I'll never forget just him turning around and I stood there and his face dropped and just the joy that he saw. And he was like, what? And we ran towards each other and just gave each other this huge hug. And I was like, happy birthday. I love you. He's like, what are you doing here? And it was on video. It makes me cry because it was just such a beautiful moment. And he told everyone like the best part of his 50th was that his sister surprised him. So I'm just so happy we had that Aww. moment together because it was, you know, two years before he, he passed. So I'm so glad we got to have that for his 50th. And I love you, Gabriel. I miss you. And this is Gabriel's sister, Aziza. That is so apropos for mine because Colton's 30th birthday, um, I did a surprise party for him and he got diagnosed with ALS like two months later. So it was the last birthday he ever celebrated with anyone outside of us, his, his nuclear family. And uh, it was so awesome. He was so excited. Um, we made it very Halloween theme. My friend at the time let us have it at her place and it was really great. And I have all of these pictures and it's really cute. <laughs> he, he had one of those very Colton reactions where he's like, what? Oh, man. Like all his reactions were so like understated, you know, but he was really happy. And I had gotten so many of his friends to come and all the pictures there's like, except for the one where we're walking in the door, none of the pictures are with me and him because I felt like I was facilitating like almost in like a mom way or like, I guess a big sister is a fine way, but like for him to be with these girls and these guys that he's friends with, and he got to have this like party um, and then I just like talked to my boyfriend and my, my friends that came to hang out with me. But um, I'm just, I, I always am just so, I'm so glad that 
I did that. I'm just so, so mm. glad that I did that. Um, especially considering, you know, what happened so soon after. So um, I celebrate you every day, Colton, and um, I love you so much. And this is Colton's sister, Tasha. Uh, I just am so grateful and thank Amy so much for every time she hopped on a plane and carved out just magical, fun, adventurous sibling time. Um, not always a holiday, but just like, like I've mentioned many times, you know, she was in Michigan and I was in LA for many years and then I moved to New York and then Portland and she visited me every time and more than once. And it was almost like we crafted little mini like sibling, you know, holidays just in those encapsulated trips. And they were always just so fun. And, um, my favorite, favorite, favorite moment of all of them was when she visited me in New York and we were going to fly back to Michigan together. It's the only time we flew together. And I was in a shit show basket case in the cab on the way to the airport because I was like, we're going to miss the flight. We're going to miss the flight. And she was like, I think she saw a, a, a new version of me that was new to her. And she like <laughs> loved, hated it. And she, she was like, you are insane. You need to calm down. But we got on the plane and we sat there and we drank wine. And it was just... I felt like we were on some kind of life drug and we were like crying, laughing. The flight attendants were just like living for like our crazy little show. And it was just like, we were chatting with them. The whole thing was so fun. And, um, uh, I, 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 I love that we had that flight. I love that we had that flight so much. So to, um, to your life and I don't know, I love you so much. Uh, Amy's brother, John. Hi, I'm the problem. I'm it's, problem. Me. it's me. At tea, At tea. Time. time, everybody, everybody agrees. agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. It must be exhausting to have been We're our sibling, sibling. <laughs> Special thanks to Blue Ox for our theme song, Not the Same. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at, at @sibling_grievery to keep up with all our new episodes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. And remember, healing isn't linear. So be gentle with yourself. And if your sibling is still on the planet, give them a hug or a call from us. It's not the same, won't be the same again. It's not the same, won't be the same again.